God has been so good to us. I love watching those pictures, seeing all that God has done. It just reminded us all that He's done. He's been so incredible. And uh, it's this time of year uh, that we just pause and we reflect on everything God has done throughout the year. And I think that's what makes it a Merry Christmas. So I want to wish everyone here uh, today, if you're watching online, I want to say Merry Christmas. If you're in Navarre, Navarre campus, Merry Christmas to you guys. Here in Gulf Breeze, Merry Christmas to you guys. And all the men at Blackwater, Merry Christmas to you guys also. Man, we got a packed house here. I trust you got uh, that you're ready to hear the best story ever told. And I'm excited to bring it to you today. Before we get started, I want to tell you a little joke. Um, I heard about this guy, and uh, this guy, he, he was an elderly fella, and uh, man, his health was not very good, and he wasn't feeling very good, to be honest, and so he went to the doctor, went to a heart doctor, and he kind of came in there, just, man, just feeling down, just feeling worn out, just just weary, you know what I'm talking about? You ever seen any of those, Dr. Ben? And uh, he, uh, he, he came in, he's like, I'm going to die, doctor, I'm going to die, and uh, a doctor said to him, he said, man, well, tell me what's going on. What's happening? Well, it, about two weeks after that doctor's visit, and the doctor was in the mall, and lo and behold, here was this elderly gentleman. He was arm in arm with this beautiful woman, about 40 years his younger. I mean, right there, he's just, he's almost skipping along. There's just a pep in his step. And the doctor's like, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad I could help him. I, I, I got to find out. So he goes up to him. And uh, he says, man, he said, Mr. Tom, I just want to check on you. I mean, you look like you were going to die two weeks ago. And he said, man, you just look incredible. Tell me about it. And he said, well, doc, thank you so much, man. I, I, I took your advice. He said, you told me to get a hot mama and be cheerful. He said, that's what I did. And the doc laughed. He said, oh, no, no. I said, you had a heart murmur. Be careful. That's what I told you. And, uh. And so, uh, yeah, you know, I love this time of year. It is a time of laughter. Man, it's a time of family and friends. And so many of you guys, so many of y'all, you have family with you today. You have your friends with you. And isn't that what's so special about Christmas? I love that. I want to tell you, I want to just take a few minutes. I want to tell you a story some of you have heard many times. I want to tell you a story some of you maybe have never heard. We're going to go to the gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 2. I'm going to read a couple verses in just a minute. Now, Luke was an eyewitness. He was an eyewitness of Jesus. He was one of his disciples. He was an eyewitness of all the miracles, all the teaching. And so what does a good doctor do but take notes? And so he wrote down for us so we could have it today. He penned the words that we're getting ready to read. And in this series, Falling into Grace, we've been talking about this one word, this one thought, this one idea, the word grace. What is grace? Well, if you don't know, Christmas is all about God's grace. God's grace is God's kindness. It's unmerited kindness. It's unmerited favor. There's nothing any of us could do to earn it. Are you with me? That's what grace is. 
Riley, uh, our middle child, uh, today we're in the kitchen, we're cooking, uh, making cookies together, and uh, you know, that's where you take them out of the refrigerator, put them on the sheet, put them in the oven, <laughs> and uh, it's funny, we, we baked uh, 50 cookies today and took them out to the other neighbors we didn't get to, and our neighbor, uh, Riley, she came over and she said, my grandmother does not believe that you made those cookies, and I said, well, your grandmother's correct. <laughs> Nestle made those cookies. I just put them in the oven. But we were cooking the cookies, and, and Riley said, Daddy, did you tell everyone my middle name is Grace? And I said, no, baby, I didn't, but I will. I will. So we kind of, we love that word, Grace, so much that we gave Riley that middle name because it is God's kindness towards us. It's unmerited. There's nothing you could do to earn it. And we've talked about that so many of us at a certain point in our life We feel like God is against us. But I'm here to tell you, this Christmas, the same story, the same good news that was told so long ago. And that is that God is not mad at you. God is madly in love with you. And you say, well, that's too good to be true. I can't receive that. I don't believe that. God is mad at me. I messed up so many times. That's what makes God so good. Is it's not based on your behavior. It was based on Jesus' behavior. Are you with me? So let's jump into it because I only have a, a little time. We want to get you guys out of here. But let's go to Luke. Let's go to Luke 2. Scripture, the verses will be up here. And I'm going I'm to read here. Luke chapter 2, the birth of Jesus. Here we go. At that time, the Roman emperor, Augustus, decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. Someone say Roman. This was the first census taken when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, I talked about King David yesterday. That was the same David. Remember David and Goliath? That's who we're talking about right here. Because he was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea. David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. Oftentimes we'll see a scene, a picture of the nativity and it, and it looks so beautiful and, and you got angels there and you got shepherds there and you got wise men there and you got these cute little animals behaving neatly and nicely right over here and there is baby Jesus and that's not really how it happened. Uh, Steph and I had the privilege to go to Israel a couple, two months ago and uh, I had heard this, but I, I, I'd never seen it. They actually believe that Jesus would have been born like in a, in a cave. So don't think like, you know, don't think hotel. It's not Carlton Ritz. This is not that, man. This is not uh, Hampton Inn. This is not the Hilton. No, this would have been like a cave. And this is where all the animals were. So imagine a cave with a bunch of animals. No ventilation. Are you with me? Okay, so this is not neat, nice, and pretty. It stinks. Animals probably being noisy. And 
Imagine being the innkeeper who finally told her, we, we, have no, we have no room for you. There's a bunch of animals over there, and if that's where you want, you can get in with the animals, but we have no room. We have no room. And that was symbolic, actually, of the people to whom Jesus came. Scripture tells us that he came to his own, but his own received him not. So he came to his own people, and they had no room. It's even symbolic of a bigger picture through the ages of so many people that say, I have no room for Jesus in my heart. And yet, day after day, year after year, Christmas after Christmas, the story of the good news of Jesus is told. So it wasn't beautiful. It wasn't all just like perfect. Um, it, it, it wasn't like that. The, the wise men wouldn't come until, until later. Um, but Jesus was born in a trough. He was born in a trough where the animals had been eating. Slobber was probably still dripping from this trough when they just threw together some hay and laid baby Jesus in there. See, Jesus is humble. He's humble. He didn't reveal himself to the rich and famous. He didn't do that. He actually revealed himself first to some shepherds. And the thing about shepherds is they were kind of looked down on. They're kind of like, oh, you can't get a better job than that. (laughs) You're with the sheep, man. Sheep stink. (laughs) They're stupid. And you're a shepherd. You know what that means. Do the math. And yet, look at the next verse. That's exactly whom he revealed himself to. That night, verse 8, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. I bet that's an understatement. Can you imagine if you and some of your friends were hanging out one night, you're out by the car, you're just talking, and then all of a sudden an angel appears, and God's glory appears? Yeah, that'd be a little crazy. Well, it was a little crazy that night for those shepherds. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. And can I just tell you this Christmas? I believe that's heaven's message for you tonight. Don't be afraid. You say, well, that sounds good, but I have reason to be afraid. Well, well, hang on, because there's actually some really good news. And that's what the angel said. Don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news. Someone say good news. news. That's what the gospel means. The gospel is the fact that Jesus came, he died, he was buried, and he rose again. That's called the gospel. So in the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all four eyewitnesses of Jesus, they're not telling tales. This is documented. These were actual eyewitnesses. They encountered. They heard. They saw. They experienced. So these gospel writers tell us the story of Jesus. And the gospel writers wrote about one thing. They wrote about the gospel. The good news. And Luke, who's recording these words... He's a doctor, and Luke is making sure. In fact, Luke does a better job than the other guys. He gives a little more details. Thank you, Dr. Luke. And they said, I bring you good news, the angel said, that will bring great joy. Someone say good news. news. Someone say "Great great joy to all people. Someone say to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord. Just in, case you, just in case you didn't catch it, who the Savior is. 
The Savior is the Messiah. By the way, this is who you are waiting for. This is who you are looking for. This is who you are believing would come one day. I'm just letting you know. Big announcement. Not only, not only was Mary pregnant, but Mary has had the baby. We get to celebrate because the Messiah, the Lord, the Savior of the world has been born today. That's what it was. Today in Bethlehem. The city of David. Like this, I mean, this angel's jacked. Not only in muscle, but he's pumped. He is pumped. And don't you know the shepherds were too. And then the angel says, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth. Strips of cloth. Those strips of cloth were strips that probably had been thrown away. That was when you have nothing and you see something, you're like, well, this is going to have to make do. Strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven. Can you imagine that? Now we go from one angel to a whole bunch of angels praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Did you hear that? To whom God is pleased. So God didn't come angry to the world. God came not mad at the world. God came madly in love with the world. He came for the world. He came for people like you and me. He came for people like these shepherds. Just ordinary people. When the angels had returned to heaven, Excuse me. Yeah, when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. What are we waiting on? Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village. They found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened, what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart. And thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. You see, the people during this time when Jesus was born, his own people, they, they weren't expecting this kind of Messiah. I don't know if you've ever done a white elephant gift exchange where you, where you bought something nice, maybe the company sent out the memo, the email, and they said $20, $20 or less, like keep the gifts under there, and you show up, and, and you actually leave with a, a worse gift than the one you brought. Like you actually spent $20, $25, and you left with something that someone just grabbed out of their closet. Are you with me? And you're like, holy cow. And you're like, I don't need this gift. I don't want this gift. Like this is a horrible gift. That's kind of how... The people, when Jesus were, was born, it's kind of how they ended up feeling. Because they said, no, 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 not the Messiah. This isn't our Messiah. No, no, no. It's not our Messiah. The title of the message tonight is the gift that we need. Because, see, the people didn't want the Messiah to look like that. Our Messiah wouldn't be born in a trough. Our Messiah would be a warrior who would overthrow the Roman government. Our Messiah would be one that came to bring a revolution and rescue us from the Roman government and from their rules. Their Messiah would be a political leader who would set up a kingdom. Their Messiah, who they thought they needed, he, he, uh, he would run off. He would, 
He'd be so brave. Such a warrior. He would run off the Roman soldiers. But God knew what they needed. What they needed was different than what they thought. So God instead gave a Messiah as a little baby. Just a little tender baby born in the lowest of the low. Born in a stall. And it was in that stall that God gave the greatest gift that God could ever give. He gave the gift of his son. He gave the gift of grace. And the truth is that God wanted people to know that grace, God's goodness, God's kindness, God's unmerited favor, grace has a face. And so he sent baby Jesus. Heaven literally gifted earth with a savior. That's what heaven did. And I want you to know that when Jesus came, he came to be a gift that would be received. Because Christmas is way bigger than Santa Claus. Christmas is about God's love for everybody. Literally, God's love for the world. Christmas is about God's gift to us. My question for you is, have you received the gift? Have you opened the gift? Or have you been like you have no room in your heart? No room in your life for Jesus. And yet he came for you. I love this verse, 1 John 4, 9 through 10. It says, God showed how much he loved us. What did he do? By sending his one and his only son into the world that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God. Uh Uh-uh. That that wasn't the story. But that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Gift. I was thinking about the word gift. Gift is G-I-F-T. God's invitation for today. Let's put it on the screen. God's invitation for today. Scripture tells us that today is the day of salvation. And Christmas is all about the fact that God knew we did not need a judge. We had already messed up. We were already condemned. We already felt on the inside like we were made to be so much more. We already knew that we had ran from God, that we had rebelled against him. God didn't send a son, his son, his one and only son, to come and judge and say, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. Guilty, 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 guilty. No, he sent his son because he knew we were all wrong and already guilty. So he didn't send a judge, he sent a savior. He sent a deliverer. He sent someone. Literally, literally, here's the picture. Here comes heaven. And Jesus came, and Jesus lived, and Jesus bled on that cross, and Jesus died on that cross. And the last thing he said on that cross was, God, I'm going to get them back, them horrible, rotten, dirty, filthy sinners. No, that's not what he said. He said things like, Father, forgive them. He said things like, it is finished. In other words, like I took care of the bill. And we were all like, whew, thank you, because we ate good. Thank you, because we, whew, that one was going to hurt. That was a bill we could never pay. So God paid the bill for all of us. Literally, God became man. 
That's the message of Christmas. And I believe there are people here right now, you think that God is mad at you. You think that God is against you. You think, man, maybe someone, someone they talk to you about God and they just, man, you're like, if that's what God is like, I want nothing to do with it. They just seem angry all the time. I don't want anything to do with God. Like that, that's just a bitter person. That's just a mean person. I just want to back away. I don't want anything. I don't know what your story is. Or maybe you think that God did something to you. Listen to me. Listen to me closely. Listen. Sin is what punishes us. When we sin, there's consequences. So God didn't come to condemn us for our sin. God came to free us of our sin. No wonder they call him the Savior. And the gospel writers, Matthew, tax collector, Mark, Luke, the doctor, John, you know what they said? They said for God, John specifically, but they all said this. They all said that Jesus came to seek and to save people who were lost. John would go on to pin the words, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him wouldn't perish, but have eternal life. And the next verse, 17, I love. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world. God sent his son into the world that the world might be saved, forgiven, set free, rescued. And grace is G-R-A-C-E, God's riches at Christ's expense. God did everything he had to do to make us right with him. And all you have to do is say, I have room. I spent decades not having room. I don't have any room in my heart, in my life for Jesus, but I feel that God does love me and I want that love. And so I accept it. If you do that, you know what happened? Jesus will come into your life and he'll make, I'm not gonna say he makes everything better. It's even better than that. He makes all things new. Wouldn't that be cool to have a new you? Not from the outside in, but from the inside out. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I'd like to lead us in what we call a sinner's prayer with heads bowed and eyes closed. If if you want to say yes, I want to receive the gift, would you just pray this prayer with me? Would you do that right here, right now? Would you just repeat after me? You say, God, I feel your love. Come on, let's say it together out loud. Every campus, God, I feel your love. I accept your love. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me. I believe you rose again. And tonight, I declare Jesus is Lord. I give you my life. And I receive your life. Teach me how to live. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to look right up here. I want to celebrate. I just believe there's so many people at every campus, even the ones watching online. I believe there are a lot of people that you just said, I have room for Jesus. That's simple. That's simple. I'm going to say yes to Jesus. And you just did. I just want to celebrate with the angels in heaven. They're celebrating right now. Can we just do that real quick? If you did that, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you said yes to Jesus, would you raise your hand all over on the count of three? Don't wait. Don't procrastinate. Don't hesitate, man. Nothing to be ashamed of. Nothing to be afraid of. Everything to be proud about. On the count of three. One, two, three. Right now. 
Who is it? I see your hand. I see your hand in the back. I see your hand in the back. I see your hand in the back. I see your hand right here. I see your hand over there. I see your hand right there. That's right. Hold it up. Hold it up high. Let's go, Navar. Hold it up high. Come on. Let's go, Blackwater. Hold it up high. Yes. Hold it up. So good. 